0: Tell them here and let them be. Well, I got something deep inside of me. I can't hide it anymore. It needs to be so free. There's no time.
1: Welcome to the show. Uh, my guest is well explained, but it's act <laughs> <laughs> it's actor uh Mark Wilson. Mark McLean Wilson. Mark McLean Wilson, yeah, yeah. yes. Because yeah. I used the full name. Yeah. Because like there it. were just way too
0: many Mark Wilsons out there, man. It's like IMDB. When I first became an actor, I looked at IMDB. I'm like, there's like 40 Mark Wilsons. I'm like, I gotta do something, man. So it's Mark like
1: McLean Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh so more uber pretentious. I got to use two names. <laughs> Not at all. So, <laughs> okay. uh, so Mark <clears throat> has a bazillion credits. Uh, uh, I, so usually I start by saying something maybe I haven't had a chance to say to a guest. Okay. And I've known you for a couple of years more. Yeah, I was while. trying to think
0: of that last night. I was like, when did we shoot? Because yeah. Swan Pond was the first thing, yeah, right? We, yeah, yeah, Swan Pond was the first thing. And that was like, what, four? That, which ironically, about a week ago like a picture that I posted on Facebook, like yeah. posted up in my feed when you go on that day of like, you took this picture four years ago uh, or whatever. Yeah. And it was, I think it said five. Um, but it was a while ago.
1: Yeah. When we yeah. That. yeah. We met through through working on projects, yeah, acting, yeah. shooting, filming. Um, but uh, I guess the one thing, I never had that chance to say to you, which obviously the podcast is the best way to do it. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, I think, I feel like you're uh, like an actor's actor. Like, like no. What does that mean to you? Like you give it your all in every role. Like no, 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 no role is too big or too small, whether you're the star, which you have been for projects or you you have a small role. Like you, you go all in, I feel thanks man I, mean, I appreciate
0: that yeah no that's that's what I like to i i, I thank you very much i'm I'm so glad that kind of comes across because it's like yeah that is because uh, I have had the the full range of of uh to say that too. Of, of roles experiences you know it's like i mean i've uh, you know at this point pretty much done it all on every level like you know it's like i mean i've you know had to change you know costumes and stuff like out in the middle of the desert like you know (laughs) no trailer no nothing you know uh you know in the freezing cold and and stuff like that and i've done big budget things where you know you're treated like god you know it's it's having that full range of experiences yeah. is, is
1: fantastic. And it humbles you a lot. <laughs> and also quite a scholar of the theater, I would mm-hmm. say as well, like, you know, a lot about theater mm-hmm. and have been in it. And yeah. All and I've having. done
0: pretty much everything that you can do in theater at this point. I, you know, it's like, I've, acted I've directed I've produced I've done set design I've done lighting design I've done sound design it's like I've I've done it all but a lot of that came out of my education too because when I was at I went to University of Michigan and when I was at Michigan it was a smaller program it's actually expanded in the time since I graduated but it's expanded into something a lot larger since then
1: yeah Um, um... but when I was
0: there it was like everybody did everything like you were taught to do everything
1: I mean, and and like I've, yeah, so we've worked together a couple things Mm -hmm. uh, and like seen you in different things. And it like runs the gamut of of like comedy, drama, serious, not like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it'll be kind of cool for me to hear possibly a personal untold story by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By MMW. Does anyone call you that? (laughs) Uh, Some people do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? Some people do. Yeah. You know, just to give you the the extra act. I don't
0: think people really kind of know how to shorten it into anything, really. Like, uh, you know, I used to go. It's funny when I was I lived in uh, uh, Edinburgh, Scotland, shortly after I graduated college, and I was going by McLean for a while. And I wish I'd, I kind of wish I'd stuck with that when I came back to the states and just said, you know, I'm going to be McLean Wilson, just because like I loved it. Like everybody there called me Mac you know, and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm like, I like,
1: hmm. because
0: you can kind of shorten this into something. You can't really shorten Mark into anything, you know? It's kind of like, you're just like, Mark, uh, M, <laughs> I, I don't know.
1: Uh, so anyway. Uh um, So yeah, so f- for the man who plays many roles to hear, you know, a story is going to be kind of interesting. It's
0: interesting that you started with that, with the intro the way you did, because I finally decided, I really went, like I told you when i we we emailed about them for for you listeners out there, uh you know David you know emails you about what's gonna happen, and you kind of talk about what you know what kind of story you're going to tell, and I wasn't really sure what to tell, and the stories that were initially were coming up were really just dramatic and and very yeah kind of sad, a lot of sorrow but i which I only kind of huh. Which I don't know about you, I just know that right general, no, no, the no no totally area. totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I decided to kind of settle on i did decide to settle on acting kind of an acting story okay. which which leans into larger things um you know which will we can eventually'll we'll, and we'll eventually talk about, I'm sure as we get into this, because 'cause I'm sure it will probably relate to your uh, how how you work as an artist as well um, oh okay. Little, little when risk. I was yeah. when I when I was younger, um, when I was in high school, okay, which is when I really that that's when I started getting serious about work. Uh, about like I think to a certain extent I always knew that I wanted to be an actor, but I certainly didn't allow myself to kind of embrace the the possibility of it or anything like Mm -hmm. that really until I got into high school. And when I was in high school, I really started getting serious, like serious about acting, but I was also phenomenally disturbed as a high schooler. I was so just depressed and miserable. And you know, I, Oh, I was so, I, I was so, it was like, I was trying to think of it last night and my wife put it kind of perfectly. She was like, you were kind of like a mixture of like, like, it was like a mixture of, like, ducky, but, like, you had all of the depression of the lost boys, you know? It was, like, you know, an anger, like, just because of the way that I've described myself in high school to okay. her. Okay. Like, wow. I was so angry. Wow. And so much anger. And a lot of that had to do with my, we, I grew up in a just bad home. Like, it was, it was a okay. bad, bad, oh, wow. bad home environment. It was, uh, there was a lot of war. It was a war. It was war. Okay. Um... It wasn't healthy. It was bad, um, but and so I really used theater very much as an outlet for that. But I was very serious. Like I knew, like I like I knew about acting, and I knew that I knew about acting, and I had an, inc- an incredible amount of self righteousness as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In the high school that I was in, th- plays were were not. I went to uh, uh, went to school in a suburb outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And, and the school that we were in was a very prominent high school. Like we were on like the first like USA Today kind of top 50 public schools in the country. We were like number 12. And it very much was like the Breakfast Club in terms of like every element of the high school was very competitive. From hmm. education to sports to arts to e- – I mean everything. Everything was like high, high, high intensity – And musicals were very big in our high school Plays were not very big. And, but they were huge and people came from all over to see these, these, these musicals. And so when I was a junior, like the first two years, it's very much, you know, you know, very much like sports or anything like your first two years. It's kind of like, you're not really doing much. You're doing like core, small roles, all that kind of stuff. By the time I became a junior, I was kind of like, okay, I'm ready for this stuff. And I was also doing plays and like, I could sing, like I was I was no okay case singer but I was more of an actor. Okay. Like I really I knew I was an actor. And we the 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 musical that was slated was Fiddler on the Roof. Okay. And I rented the movie, you know, I bought the movie. Sure. And uh watched it and really, especially at that time, because I was younger, you know, and you're not not as exposed to as much and everything. And, you know, Fiddler on the Roof is, you know, it's it's a very powerful, it is a very powerful musical, but it's still a musical. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I was kind of like, this is, I am, like, I am, I am going to do this. Like, I am going to get this role. I am the guy for this role. Mm Because I knew there were other cats who I was in, competition with that I'm like yeah they're better singers okay but I'm like this is a powerful musical and this is a powerful role and like I'm like I know I have the acting chops to do this role so I mean I prepared and I mean like I memorized the musical like I memorized the freaking movie and everything I was like I I have got this down and we went into these audition we did the auditions and I knew like I killed these auditions freaking killed these auditions and they put the cast list up and sure enough i you know they they the they cast the guy who was the best singer okay in the role and the guy who was directing the the musicals in our high school was this he was the choir director and i never liked him and he didn't like me i thought he was i thought he was kind of an ass uh, um, but the guy who was in charge of the acting was a guy, a different guy. His name was Tom Harshman, I believe was his name and he, I could really get, and I knew that he got me, but something happened in the decision process where whatever this other guy got, uh, sure. Tevia, the, the lead role and they cast me as the rabbi okay. and they gave me the understudy role, uh, for Tevia. They were like, you understudy Tevya and I was crushed. Like I was so beyond crushed. And aside from the fact that I was, you know, just majorly depressed at the time. Anyway, this didn't really help, but what was going, what, what eventually happened? So we started doing rehearsals and everything like that. And I was watching, you know, I was watching this whole thing play out as they began to stage this and, uh, you know lay everything out and we were doing rehearsals and you know this guy who was playing who was playing Tevye I'm like yeah he's singing this but you know he he's singing he's got a great voice but he's not getting this this is a you know it really is a very powerful play Mm -hmm. and so we did we were going along in the production and then also at like about halfway through halfway through the rehearsal, rehearsal process or we we were getting close to actual showtime we were maybe about 2 weeks away and even though this guy had a great voice he didn't know the technical elements of singing so he was losing his voice and so they asked me they were like at the first run through they were like can you do this you know, can you step in and can you do this role? And I was like, you're good. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm ready. And I really went in with like this almost a vengeful. Yeah. Like I'm going to like, like I'm going to show you people. Right. Like I'm going to stick this down your throat. And I showed up for this run through like I'm like 16 years old, full costume, you know, had a prayer shawl, like I I I brought the whole freaking thing and I went in and I was completely off book. I'd memorized the entire freaking musical. Went in, killed this thing. Okay. And I can still remember like people were coming off stage and like I could tell people were coming into the auditorium from other parts of the school and other parts <laughs> to watch this thing. And I nailed this thing. And I nailed this thing. Yeah. And... In a very 16 year old way, you know, of kind of like, I'm sure it was completely over rotten over the top and crazy, you know, but, but I'm you'd certainly a g- genuine sense of yeah. emotion there. This guy, Tom Harshman, who was kind of the acting part of the thing. I remember he came up to me literally after I finished this thing and said, we made a huge mistake. Mm. And I was, and in my head, I was kind of like, yeah, that's right. You did, you know, but, you know, and, the, but, but the thing here was the thing. So I did this thing, killed it, felt very self-righteous about it because I was like, yeah, you did make a mistake. A couple of days later they were having a rehearsal and I could hear, they were the big song from Fiddler on the Roof is this, you know, if I were a rich man, yada, did it's, sure. it's him talking about like, you know, having these fantasies and it's a beautiful, like just a bullion, vivacious song. And I could hear them rehearsing it and I could tell he wasn't getting it. And they were going back and they were going, they're on stage they came out, okay, to me, and they said, "Can you come in and do it so that Doug can watch you doing it?" Doug is Doug is the guy who was the guy. He was the guy who was playing Tevye, the enemy.
1: The he was the enemy. <laughs> we'll <call> the enemy. <laughs> Why not? Doug's the enemy. He,
0: he was well. He was the guy who got the role, and mm-hmm. I remember in my head, like feeling a sense of like. Like, like, I like, I was just frozen. I was like, I, how can you even ask me that? But, and just humiliation and shame and also like anger. Like I'm like, and sure enough, you know, I went in, but I did it, but I freaking did it. And I went in and I went on the stage and I did this thing and I came off stage And there was a girl who I know, and I think I remember who it was, but I'm not going to say the name just in case it was someone else, but it was someone who I really respected who was actually younger than me. I think she was a freshman. And she was like, I came off the stage and she looked at me and she said, I can't believe you did that. And not in an impressed way. She was like, I would have never done that. And I remember... Feeling a sense of like shame and like lack of value and belief in myself that was so palpable. And the reason why I kind of chose to tell this story is because that was something that kind of stuck with me for so long. As, as an actor in the fact that what I should have done in that moment absolutely was like, no, you made a mistake. I'm not going to go up there and do that. You're the director. You figure it out. You made the choice. Make your bed and lie in it. Right. And I would have been completely within my rights to do that and to stand up for myself. And I didn't do it. That was how little I respected myself and how little I just how, how, how much I would allow other people to kind of dictate. Like I just was kind of like, if someone asked something, I, I had no sense of kind of yes or no. It was always, yes, you know, it was kind Mm -hmm. of like, well, yes, I have to. And it took me so many years before I realized that it was like, no, you, part of what makes you a good actor or an artist is a belief in yourself and an honoring of the work that you do. Yeah. And learning how to say no and how to say like, and it, it affected my career a lot through, I'd say my mid thirties, because the truth is like you, like you pointed out at the beginning of the, Podcast, I could do a lot of stuff. I did have a lot of range. And it's like, that's the thing. But people would treat you that way. Like, what would happen is I would maybe want a larger role or I would want a particular role, but people knew that they could put me anywhere because I had that kind of range and everything. And they were like, so I became almost like what I would consider what I would call a stopgap actor. Okay. Um, where it's like, well, what, what haven't we been able to cast? That role. Okay, well, we'll put him in that role. Because he can yeah. do that. He can do anything. So we'll put him wherever we can put him. And it wasn't until I think I was 35 when I, when I was out here. It was after I'd moved out here. And I was uh, doing a play. I had auditioned for a play at a company that I was a member of at that time called Theater of Note. And the director came to me. Uh, and said, and I knew, like that I like I went for the the, the lead role, and I knew I yeah. was like that is my role. And they came to me and they said, would you be willing to consider any other roles? And it was the first time in my life I said nope. Right. And I said, and I said, if you don't cast me, you know, no harm, no foul, like no problem. I totally get it. But I said that's the only role I want. Yeah. And sure enough, they gave it to me, and it was like there was such an epiphany from that of like, I've wasted all of these years, not setting the bar for myself, but waiting for other people to set that bar for me. And it's like, no, you can't do that. You can't, you have to set your value. If you don't set your value, it's not going to happen. No, one's going to make your value for you. Right. Um, You have to do it and you have to honor the work and you know, I also think that part of the honoring of that work, which goes back to what you were talking about at the beginning of the podcast as well is, um, that you can never stop working. You can never, you you can never get lazy as an artist. If you choose this partially because there are just way too many people out there. Yeah. So you can never, you know, you can never take it for granted. There's always going to be someone who's going to be working harder than you. So you better work your ass off. Um, but also if you really care about it and i've always gotten the impression from you that it's like the care that you have for writing and for the work is you know sacred you know there is a sacred care about it and if you care about it that much you have to honor the work by putting in the work that is necessary yeah you know um, um i the, the, if you're gonna choose this kind of a crazy life that we're choosing <laughs> you know which is so
1: absurd uh, yeah if you think yeah I mean we can kind of get into sort of that absurdity a little yeah. bit too um but i I think what uh cast some questions about yeah this? go for it I mean I yeah I've been kind of thinking about this a lot at the time of us taping about um a person's value right like like you said no no one's gonna really set your value no well or they'll set it lower yes because they can
0: most of the like pretty much 99.9 percent of the time people will set the bar lower for you than you deserve
1: yeah and i I think i've had a similar kind of epiphany like you though i I can't remember when i hit those epiphanies but it was a similar thing recently where you know i was you know I, i i was interviewing to teach and the person was like can you come and teach a demo class for free? And then I was like, no. Yeah. Cause I was like, wait, what? No. Like, yeah. no. If you, I interviewed, I did all the process of, you know, getting this job. And if you want to hire me, cool. But I'm not going to do a freebie class. Did
0: you- that feel natural to you or was that like a challenge for you? Was it just something that you were like, I'm going to, I'm going to jump out and I'm going to take a risk here and, and say, like, uh, no, I'm not going to do it.
1: I would say, I wouldn't say it was like wholly natural, but it's, I'm getting there where like, yeah. maybe there was a time where I would have been, yeah, sure. I'll come and teach this class. And right. I'm exactly. Not, and not get, sure. Why not? Yeah. And not get paid for it. And right. And have yeah. you not hire me. Yeah. And, and then I just spent all this time and energy to, to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Actually the description was worse. They asked me to build a whole class and then come and teach it a sample class, which all is all like, for free, all for free. Yeah, which exactly. Is like, that's just like saying yeah. like, why don't you write a whole movie and then uh, make a five-minute trailer for it, right? Exa- and, and, yeah, and exactly. Yeah. We'll exactly. And like, then we'll think about it. And then we'll think about it. On exactly. your money and your time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nah, yeah. I, so there was a time, and I and I see this a lot. I think I've seen this a lot in the world of actors because I've worked with you and other actors, and that, where you're in the sometimes you're in a compromising spot where like the director wants you to do something, you're like, okay but it's sort of like not cool like in a uh, maybe another job situation or whatever you you, just, you don't people it depends, don't ask. I
0: think it depends on the context like are you talking about something like what doing like a stunt or doing nudity or something like doing something um, that's against your ethics or are you talking about
1: kind of kind of stories similar to the one you told I guess where yeah. like you know you, you you're not your 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 worth or your values under you're undervalued early. yes yeah and, and, and like people, i hear what you're saying people yeah. assume that like they can just have you do it because you're making a film and it's creative and it's hard
0: yeah and it's hard it, it's i mean i think it's hard for for anybody but i i've talked to a lot of actors about this where it's like when you're in the moment especially with film which work which is so fast yeah you know you can get on a set and you could be in the moment and there's such high pressure and you've got, you know, crew and you've got all this kind of stuff and you'll be asked to do something. And it's so easy to say, and there's there, there's such an emotional pressure often to always say yes. Right. Um, But if you, the challenge is to have the presence of mind to be able to say no without making the no Um, a battle of wills or a fight, but rather a step where you can come to a solution about something where everybody's comfortable. Right. rather Rather than someone going unwillingly into a fight. And I think, you know, I still think that a lot of that to a certain extent is built off of older generations where, you know, it's like you hear stories about, you know, from like the, you know, anywhere from like Hitchcock and, you know, well, crap. I mean, you, you know, you can go back to, you know, Capra and the forties, you know, the big directors from those times as well, where, you know, they would get on sets and they would, you know, trick actors into doing things and they would, um, or ask them to do things that they weren't uncomfortable with. And God knows for women, this, you know, goes. 10 times as far as it does for men in terms of things that they're asked to do. Yeah. Um, but, and, you know, in in the olden days, it was like, you know, either chalked up to, well, that's just what it takes to make a film or, you know, this is what you have to do to get a job or, or to mm-hmm. keep a job or whatever. And I, but I just don't, I feel like it's really antiquated. And I think ultimately at the end of the, day it's not helpful um now I don't know it's you know it's strange it's a double-edged sword though too because it's like I do think that I do look at a lot of uh, you know my wife is uh, a professor she she teaches acting and sometimes she'll come home and tell me these stories of like stuff that young kids say to her of like things that she asks them to do just in terms of like these are the basics of acting in terms of like well you need to push yourself to go into a deeper area or into a more vulnerable area and you know an actor young actor will be like well I don't like that or I don't want to do that and you know she'll she'll say you know she'll say things to me that I'm like if I said that in college, they would have been like, take a walk, get out of here, man. Like, yeah. you know, and so it's weird, you know, it's like a little so, bit of a double, you know, it's like you go "Well, yeah, you do need to learn to say no and to set boundaries. But at the same time, it's kind of like the whole point of the job is to take risks and, and to right, yeah, go it, into un, it, unsafe and uncharted territory. I guess, so. Yeah,
1: I guess when you bring in sort of the younger generation and how they... Grow up or operate, yeah, it, it, and yeah. To some degree, there's perhaps more, you know, s- self. I mean, I think entitlement is kind of a glossy. You can, over- yeah, it,
0: it's a very, it's a very, yeah, it's a very broad canvas to put to put you know. over. But I, there are elements of that word, yeah. that can drip into you know. the behavior. It's when Absolutely. it's when
1: like the assertion is not is like a unwillingness to learn or work and you know yeah. but then on the flip side you know you can't let people take advantage of you too much yeah and i mean it, it's yeah.
0: it's it's the line of where that is it's like are you t- are, you know of like well are you being taken advantage of or are you simply being asked to do what is required yeah. of the job the one thing that i do see with some of the for lack of a better term the younger generation at risk of making me sound even older than i <laughs> that i am is that it's like sometimes the basic things that are being asked it's like no that's that's basic like we're not asking you to like go and do something that's like going to compromise your soul or whatever you're not being asked to do something that's like out of line. Like it would be asked of anybody. Yeah. And what I see, when I see and hear things there that are like, you know, where people fight back and go like, well, no, I'm not going to do it. It's I, I feel sad for them because I'm like, man, you're in for a harsh awakening. Cause the world, when you get out in the real world, it's like, that's not the way it works. And people don't care. Like, people don't care. They'll fire you. Like, they'll can you. Yeah. Um, and, like, sometimes you can fight back on that kind of stuff. Yeah, but sometimes they're going to go, like, no. You weren't asked anything unreasonable. You were just being asked to do the job.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, eh, I don't know. It's a hard one. Uh, but let me, yeah, let me let me, let me, me bring it back to, to, to Mark and, okay. and, and your specific story of, like, mm-hmm. you know, in high school you had this experience where you felt shameful for not, Perhaps maybe undervaluing yourself, yeah. and then yeah. you said that you basically go through a, a large chunk of your then life as a, as, a mm-hmm. you know, as an actor. To to then you hit a point in your thirties where you are like, yeah, all right, I gotta I gotta value myself more. Like, mm-hmm. how how did you feel? I guess when you hit that epiphany, I guess.
0: Well, it's you know you you feel incredibly energized and also kind of stupid. Okay. You know, because you're all, you know, when you finally, at least for me, when I finally did it, I was like, ha, I was right. All I needed to do was fricking stand up for myself. If I'd learned, if I'd known how to stand up for myself, you know, or if I just stood up for myself, I'd probably be a lot further along the road at this point. Right. But, um, but you know, that's learning. That's just growth and evolution. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it wasn't something that I was taught to do. I had to do, frankly, a lot of, a lot of years of therapy, you know, it's like I had to unwire a lot of really bad wiring that I was taught Mm. because I just didn't grow up in a healthy environment.
1: And so, yeah,
0: you know, the, the wiring of my belief system and, you know, how I felt about myself and uh, as a person and everything like that, I did way you know it takes work you know you yeah. gotta you gotta work at 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 unwiring that stuff. It takes like conscious choices and choices that are really hard to do because your emotional like your, your emotional just default system like it 's not it 's beyond consciousness it has nothing to do with like conscious choices it 's stuff that 's just like yeah that gets wired into you in my opinion probably within your first two years of life, you know, because it goes down to just fundamental things of Mm. like how you learn how to get the things that are going to get you through the day. Yeah. I look at people now who have babies and I watch them and I'm like, I watch babies and I'm like, it's gotta suck being a baby, man. It's like, aside (laughs) from the fact that everything in your body is like exploding, you have no idea how to express yourself. Like you don't, you know, it's these giant people like it's gotta be, it's gotta be maddening being a baby. It's gotta be insane.
1: Um,
0: so in terms of like how, how bringing it back to what your question in terms of like how it felt, it felt great. Um, but it's also like an ongoing process. Like, you know, the thing is, is it's like rarely is it kind of like you make one of those choices and it's kind of like, ah, uh, now everything has changed you know it's like no you have to keep practicing yeah. i i have to keep doing it on on a daily basis even now you know it's like rewiring your and you know it's a lifelong process it's a lifelong process you know right i think it's also a part of when i was younger mm-hmm. uh like in my twenties or whatever and and doing therapy, you know, I think I, uh, you know, I thought that it was like, well, I will reach a certain point of therapy and something will just simply snap and there will mm. be a like, ah, there will be this one aha moment and my life will change and you know, I will be the person that I want to be. And it's like, you finally realize at some point that it's like, oh no, you know, it's like, oh, okay. this is, this, this is like, you know, it's AA, you know, you know it's like, right in a way, it's yeah, unhealthy yeah. anonymous, basically it's UA unhealthy living <laughs> anonymous or whatever. And it's like, no, you just have to like every day you just yeah do your best to make choices. Um, that are going to be reflective of the, the life you want to lead and the person that you want to be in. Some days you succeed and some days you fail.
1: Um, yeah, no, I mean, I find like the story, uh, it's just really relatable. You know, I think a lot of people in whatever profession they are have times where, where you feel like you're compromising or like yeah. you sold yourself short. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that's just applicable to so many people yeah. uh, and jobs. But um, let me uh, let me close out uh, with a, a question. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, I had asked you to tell a story that just is not really known about you, right? Mm-hmm. right as part of the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, why did you hold back on telling this one and, and, and how do you feel after telling it?
0: Um, it's, uh, no, it feels, I mean, it always feels great sharing these stories, especially once you kind of hash them out and, you know, hash out about why, or, you know, wh- why the story may have stuck with you. Yeah. Um, which in terms of looking at it, uh, for me, in terms of my personal value and stuff like that, it's it's good to kind of actually go back through it. Um, in terms of why I don't tell it, it's because, you know, there are elements of revisiting the past that are they're a person that you don't want to be. They're a person that you were in the mm. past. I look at who I was. I look at who I was when I was younger, when I was in high school. Um, really, Really to a certain extent up until age 30 things started changing a little bit around age 25. But I mean, honestly, dude, like I hated myself. Like Man. I hated myself. And so looking back on that time, um, you know, it's tough. Yeah. It's, 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 it's tough to do, but I think it's also really important to do to like go, no, That's who I was. It's not who I am. You know, it's just a period of time where I was a person who I really didn't like very much um, and that I certainly wasn't happy. Um, And so it can be hard to revisit those places. You know, I mean, it's like, it's, it's weird. It's like, I just had... My, uh, or we just, my, my high school just class just had their 30th anniversary. And I didn't go, you know, and I haven't gone to any mm-hmm. reunions. Now, part of it was because I wasn't really happy. And like, aside from the fact that I was not very happy at that time, yeah. I wasn't really happy with my high school. I didn't really fit in there. Right. That, all that being said, uh, you know, one of my best friends of life, um, this guy, uh, Steve Shabosky, um, who has done well, really, really well. Like he directed *Perks of Being Wallflower*, directed *Hero*, wrote *Beauty and the Beast*. He's about to direct the movie of *Dear Evan Hansen*. He's done very, very well. And we went to high school together. We were like best friends in high school, and we're still really, really close. Friends. Oh, crazy! Um, and you know, he is—he is also a part of that time. You mm. know, and so. And he, he's gone back for reunions and there have been times where I'm like, well, of course he goes back, you know, for reunions cause he's really, really extremely successful and, and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think that's, but that's not why he goes back. Like he goes back to see these people and to connect with these people. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me, you know, there, there has been a part of me that's been like, well, I'm never going to go back for a reunion. And that may be true, but there is a small part of my mind that's kind of like, you know what? You'll really, really have moved on from the past when you're able to go back for reunion.
1: Mm. Interesting. Yeah.
0: In a weird way. Yeah, I get that. Like it's, it's certainly not, it's, it's certainly not a query uh, that keeps me up at night. Like if I never went back for reunion, I'd be like, "Eh, I don't care. But you know, there is a small part of me that it's like, you know what? you you really be over this stuff when you can just go back and just be you yeah and whether they whether they identify whether people identify you as what you were in high school doesn't even matter mm-hmm. you know wh- whether they look at you with the value that you held yourself at that time yeah or not doesn't even matter because that's not where you're at yeah it's interesting
1: you know yeah it's a, uh, it's a nice uh introspective way to close out. Uh, I will say, uh, I've only known Mark in the last several years of his life. Very happy guy. guy. Wouldn't have not, wouldn't have thought of the dark side, I I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. wouldn't have thought of that was a part of your experience, but that's cool that you were able to share that. I think it's many, many hours of therapy, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so a lot of work. Uh, well, I mean, thanks for sharing that story and, and like getting into like kind of knowing your worth. We should all know our worth, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. No, no, don't, don't sell yourself short. Mm-hmm. Um, if, uh, I guess if Doug is listening uh, to this episode, <laughs> Mark is living it up as an actor. in Exactly.
0: Realize. And um, he's still singing. I think I'm pretty sure he's still, uh, I think he's an opera singer and doing pretty well. I think, oh. he, and I think he teaches, I think he's, uh, a professor if I'm not mistaken. I think I've uh, kind of heard through the grapevine over the years.
1: I, I was gonna hate <clears throat> on
0: him on your behalf, and now I don't want to. Nah, nah, I got no hate. I got I got no yeah. hate from that time. I am like you know, and everybody you know that's the thing. It's like I think when you are young, it's like you know, yeah. At least if you are like the way I was, it's like everybody's an enemy. It's like nobody's an enemy. People are just trying to get by. Like for the you know, for the most part in high school, yeah, like yeah, some people are out to get you, but for the most part, people are just they're just trying to get by. They're just trying to do their thing. So it's like yeah. you know, who
1: cares? It doesn't really. Matter. Uh, uh, yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I won't. I won't. Uh, you, don't you don't need to hate on him. I won't be. You don't need to hate on. him. I will not be vengeful on your behalf. Exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> nothing but love. Uh, so, from the love-filled uh, Mark McLean Wilson, yeah. uh, thanks for being on the show, dude. Thanks for having me. And this is
0: great. I love it. Like I was listening to the 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 other episodes and everything. It's like this is a really cool thing that you're doing, and I loved how you. Said at the beginning of that first episode that you're like this is a real, you know. That you're vulnerable about it, and it's like I feel like I kind of want to do one of these and interview you.
1: Cause that's, oh wow, that's what I want to do. If you okay. ever, if you ever
0: want to have a guest interviewer, I will come and interview you because it's like I would really like to know
1: more about you. Know, yeah, I I told one story, but perhaps there's another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I want right. to hear more. I want to hear more. Cool. Well, that's a promo for a future episode. Fantastic. And, along with Mark. Coming but.
0: coming soon. Another another enticing tale.
1: Yeah. David, no. <laughs> uh, well, thanks again, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Bye. buddy. Bye-bye. Ready for another episode? Well, check us out at beststoryinevertold.com, or also find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or a number of other podcast aggregators. And if you're interested in sponsoring a future episode of this series, please contact us at Best Story I Never Told at gmail.com